We now have an updated timeline on what Xbox exclusive games will be coming to PS5 and Switch, and in what order. According to Tom Warren from The Verge, there will be two titles that come first, and one that will come later this year. Now, this runs contrary to previous reports from Stephen Totillo and Jeff Grubb with respect to Sea of Thieves specifically. Theories are now obviously forming about why they would start with certain titles over others, and this seems to be like sort of a test run or just a phase one. As the report seems to indicate, these will simply be the first games to make the jump, hinting that more will be coming as well. Which may be adding context as to why we're hearing about virtually every major Xbox game being considered for PS5 or Nintendo Switch ports. This report from The Verge also came on the heels of Phil Spencer officially announcing the Xbox podcast for Thursday, February the 15th, where he, Sarah Bond, and Matt Booty will discuss the future of Xbox. Now that's going to take place at 3 p.m. Eastern on the 15th on Thursday, and we will co-stream that and debrief, and I'm even going to join my good friend Ginger Prime to discuss it with a roundtable of people after the fact. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel so you don't miss out on that content. I do live streams like this. That's why it's a longer video, but I try to put all the good information right here at the beginning in the form of a monologue so you can get everything that you're kind of looking for right here at the beginning. Be sure to hit subscribe. Be sure to hit the bell button. That way you don't miss out on my content. So according to The Verge, we now have a better picture of what games will make the jump first to Xbox, from Xbox exclusive to PS5 and Switch. And not just what games will be first, but a rough timeline about how this will look in 2024 specifically. And no, Starfield is not one of those games for this year. So the first thing I want to do is update you on what happened. The Verge report was classified as a scoop by Tom Warren on Twitter, and he appears to have new information from sources about what games are coming and what the timeline for 2024 will look like. Now, secondly, I want to look at the reactions to this. Given the games that are coming, there are a variety of responses and theories because it basically started with Hi-Fi Rush earlier this year, and now we're hearing more about that game as well as two others, and this is not anything to do with Starfield. It seems like if that game is ever going to come, it will not be inside of 2024 if this report is accurate. Now, lastly, I will tell you what I think. This story is obviously developed And while I doubt we will get any exhaustive game lists from Phil Spencer on Thursday, given this report from The Verge, we may get a few confirmed games and potentially even release dates. So first, what happened? Well, first, we obviously couldn't do an entire show or a video about the announcement when Phil Spencer said, hey, we're going to do this thing on the official Xbox podcast, right? But we will do a prediction stream and a video about that as well as a co-stream because there's a lot more to talk about. Phil Spencer took to Twitter on February the 12th and said the following, please join us for a special edition of the official Xbox podcast. Hear from Phil Spencer, Sarah Bond, and Matt Booty as they share updates on the Xbox business. Now, that will be at 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday the 15th and we will be co-streaming that and then as I said I'll be joining Ginger Prime and others for a roundtable afterward I will also do a prediction video stream in the morning because there's a lot of other categories that the podcast might touch on there's hardware there's game pass there's sort of the whole scope of what the future of Xbox will look like but today and in this video we need to discuss what Tom Warren had to say in the wake of this announcement from Phil Phil announced that podcast 
podcast at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then two and a half hours later at 3.30, Tom Warren tweeted the following. He said, Scoop, Microsoft is preparing to take Xbox everywhere. With rumors of some Xbox games coming to Nintendo Switch and PS5, here's what's really happening. Details below. So I think it was the headline that like, hey, they're planning to take Xbox everywhere, right? They, when, when he says Microsoft is preparing to take Xbox everywhere. Number one, once again, Tom Warren is saying this is a Microsoft plan. He said this on Reset Era before, but this obviously reads like a scoop and that the real story of what's happening, that's what he's indicating. Now, it was largely a recap of the rumors. So most of his article wasn't new information, but the key element and the new information was right at the start. Tom Warren said the following. The first two games that are set to appear on rival consoles are Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment, according to sources. Microsoft is also currently planning to launch Sea of Thieves on non-Xbox platforms later this year, with other first-party titles also under consideration. Now, this is being stated rather firmly, which doesn't surprise me, given how much Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves have been in the rumors and the leaks. But it's the phrasing that you should be paying close attention to. The first thing to look at is the word first. He says these will be the first two games implying that there will be more. Tom Warren also said on a podcast with Destin from IGN, he said, quote, I know for a fact that there's a big one that I think a lot of people will be very surprised at. Okay. Now, to be honest, I don't think Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment or Sea of Thieves fits that description. I don't think it's a big one that's going to surprise anybody because we had already kind of heard about those titles and they're not exactly what we would consider to be big titles. Now, when I asked the public what they thought about the Tom Warren clip, Tom Henderson from Insider Gaming weighed in and he said, this was recorded before all of the rumors apart from Hi-Fi and Sea of Thieves. So even he did a report on them discussing indie it's indie. So Tom Henderson thinks that Warren is referring to Indiana Jones. Now the other thing to consider from the Verge article is that Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment are happening first with Sea of Thieves happening later this year. Now given that Hi-Fi and Sea of Thieves were the first titles leaked and talked about from these rumors, it stands to reason that the timeline and the planning predates 2024. You don't just port a game to other platforms that quickly. So this choice was likely made sometime in 2023, which would make sense of why the Xbox website marketing was updated to stress console and PC as opposed to stressing Series X and S. All that branding has been changed to not make that the forefront. If you go to their website now, it just says PC and console. Even Game Pass is now just called Game Pass instead of Xbox Game Pass. It also makes sense as to why the CFO was able to say, hey, listen, you're going to see a change in strategy. If he's saying that in November of 2023, then the discussion and the plan was put in place before that. What this means is that all the other titles we heard about being considered, well, it suddenly becomes plausible that they were considered. Why? Well, if I'm honest, the three titles that The Verge listed don't strike me as a seismic shift. It's not a tectonic change. But given that Tom Henderson thinks that Warren is referring to Indiana Jones, according to Tom Warren's own words, he knows for a fact that it is coming, okay? Well, this decision is far more reaching than many have thought. It's not just a couple of smaller titles like many people were saying earlier this year. It sounds like they started with titles that would be the fastest to port over. Rare is not doing much with Sea of Thieves. According to their CM, the newest season is their last core expansion for the game. 
Hi-Fi Rush is a smaller team and a project compared to something like Starfield, and Pentiment is certainly a much smaller and more contained game for porting. So as far as I can tell, Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, and Sea of Thieves is just the beginning, especially if Indiana Jones is coming. That was a pretty big announcement when it hit, and it was a pretty big showing at the Xbox Developer Direct. Keep in mind, that was sort of the big surprise moment of the Xbox Developer Direct. So to take one of your big titles from a Developer Direct and put it on another platform, that's a pretty big change. So, what have the reactions been to this? Now, honestly, the most common response I'm seeing to this is people are saying, I'm not interested in those games, why bother? And this is not just console tribal posturing. I saw people saying that they weren't interested in these games simply because they're not new or they're smaller games, which I find to be strange. Hi-Fi Rush is a great game with great scores from the user base everywhere. Whether or not you check the Xbox Store or Steam, Hi-Fi Rush did very well from consumer response. Now, it might not have been commercially massive because it was a day-and-date Game Pass shadow drop, which means a lot of people on Xbox didn't buy it. They had no reason to. Lots of people are on Game Pass. And the sales on Steam were probably fine, but I think Hi-Fi Rush would be a smash hit on the Nintendo Switch. And I actually think it would do well on PlayStation given the art style and the price point. Now, Sea of Thieves is a different story. I'm not sure if it's going to have some major draw at this point, but perhaps Microsoft wants to move smaller titles that are easier, but also a live service title to examine potential performance of other live service games because we did hear that they are considering Halo and that's definitely a game that's ongoing. So, they could do it with something less monumental, less sort of Xbox brand centric, and this is all related to another reaction that I'm seeing. People are saying, listen, these games won't sell well and then Microsoft's going to want to move on to bigger property, like Starfield. I could actually see this going both ways. If smaller titles don't port and perform well sales-wise, I could see Microsoft re-evaluating. Perhaps that means only the bigger titles end up going and the smaller titles end up getting ignored. I personally think that the games will sell well, enough to justify the move. Why? Well, you've already invested in the development of the game. The game has been paid for. The game is made. The cost of porting the game is significantly smaller, meaning they don't need the game to sell nearly as much as like a day one launch title needs to. This is why I believe the plan to do this is largely a no-brainer from Microsoft's perspective. You've already made the games. Porting them is a fraction of the total development cost, making potential margins on a port of a big game very appealing, especially given how their biggest title, Starfield, made no change to hardware trajectories. Now, a lot of people are going with this theory. Well, they're going to start small, and then they're going to go big. I actually think this is a very reasonable take for a lot of reasons. First, smaller titles will almost assuredly be faster to port. Now, this keeps the timeline short. It comes to market faster so they can implement the plan quicker. And they've talked to investors. They talked to shareholders. They're wanting to prove the concept here that they can take property into high margin markets and start to turn ROI for those curious about the future and the health of Xbox, as Satya Nadella was questioned about that. This keeps that timeline nice and short and the cost nice and low, making it a very low-risk maneuver with potential good ROI. Now, I did get some responses of people saying, well, these are still just rumors. 
At this point, a response like this to me just feels like denial or some form of denial. Press outlets and journalists are not going to claim things this strongly just for clicks, as many have claimed. Yes, rumors and insider information, it does drive clicks, but that's the causality, the fact that it's like insider information or a rumor. This is not an outlet just making something up in the hopes to get good ad revenue for it. Also, if this is all just rumors... Why would there so many be bits of information lining up in corroboration with others and what they're also saying? And why would Xbox be so silent if these are just rumors? If a major figure in the gaming press came out today and said, Hey guys, I heard God of War is coming to Xbox. And let's just say they completely made it up. It was a rumor. It was completely fabricated. It would take maybe 20 minutes, maybe an hour for that to be squashed by PlayStation and Santa Monica. Everyone would just be like, what are you talking about? That's not happening. But right now, everyone's responding to the press and saying, we have no comment on that. If it's just rumors, why have a podcast with three major figures of the Xbox brand? The last theory I saw mentioned was that they are using Metacritic scores and they're just choosing the best games. Now, Pentiment and Hi-Fi certainly fit that bill, and so does Starfield, as long as you don't check Starfield's user scores on Xbox or Steam. So, I could see them saying, let's take our best-reviewed property, let's take the property that had the best public or critical reception, and let's move it over. So what do I think is going on here? Let me give you my thoughts on this, okay? First, I agree that these could be test runs, but not test runs like, well, we're not sure if we want to do this. I think they want to test the waters, look at the public response, look at the sales, and then chart a course for whatever else they want to do. There were also rumors about increasing investment and getting more PS5 dev kits to the developers. Well, if these three games are coming just this year, then that plan was put in place probably in 2023, and that development's been going on for a while. It would stand to reason that if more games are coming, dev teams would need support in order for that to happen. It doesn't sound like they are going to be utilizing like a porting team or like a separate company. It sounds like the devs themselves who made these games will be making the jump. To me, this whole thing with Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment and Sea of Thieves feels like a phase one. Often in business, you outline things in phases, and that's exactly what this feels like. And that tracks with how the rumors came out. Earlier this year, we heard about Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves first. Then, as time went on, we heard other titles were being quote-unquote considered. It was around that time that I heard about Starfield, and then three weeks later, a bunch of other folks had heard about Starfield as well. So picture what we're seeing happening maybe in 2024 in the rumors about Hi-Fi and Pentiment as being Phase 1, and then they considered all other titles so that they could plan their next steps. What's the timeline? What's the output going to look like for the next batch of games? And looking at Tom Warren's language, it's clear this is not a one-off thing. More games will come. It's only a matter of which games and when. But that's just what I think. What do you think? So let me give you my closing thoughts and conclusions on this here. Uh, The entire situation, I think, feels like we're moving in slow motion, okay? In November of 2023, the CFO started the discussion with his comments, and then it kind of quieted down, okay? Then January, everything gets stirred up again, and many just sort of accepted, okay, there's going to be smaller titles maybe going to PlayStation or Nintendo Switch. But then February, 
It's not just full of games, it's full of speculation, it's full of rumors, it's full of insider information, info that seems to change every week, because now it's hi-fi and pentiment first and Sea of Thieves later, which is a bit different than what we first heard. The second thing I want to say is, this is obviously related to the other titles we've heard about. Nothing's concrete, right? Nothing's reliable right now until it's announced or until it actually happens. I agree with the people saying that, like, we don't know until we know. But at this point, it's basically denial to act like, at the very least, the games listed by Tom Warren won't be coming. Too many people have said it, and now The Verge is using very firm language about it. As I said a moment ago, this is not a matter of if this happens. It's more of a question of what games and when. My conclusion is this. As much of all of this makes me think that Xbox is going to turn into more of a brand that I largely look to for game announcements rather than a platform that I own and play on, I still find the whole thing very interesting. We're sort of watching a major hinge in the history of gaming turn. A new page, a a new chapter in what the gaming market and one of the big gaming brands looks like. And the long-lasting effect of this is, honestly, it's hard to predict, but it'll certainly be interesting to watch and cover. So, those are my thoughts on the topic. Now it's time to hear your thoughts. And that's the show open, guys. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I appreciate you being here very, very much. Make sure you guys are smashing the like button. I, I know people wanted me to comment on the Sony thing. That broke in the middle of the night. I was asleep. I woke up this morning and saw the reports, and I don't see anything surprising. We've already covered the fact that there is not any first-party studio major announcements, any first-party major games coming this year. We already knew that. We knew they had delayed some games fiscally from last year. A uh, fiscal or financial report confirming that there are no first-party existing franchises dropping games this year. We already knew that. I'm not sure why people think that that's news. Um, there were nine announced exclusive console exclusives at the State of Play and then a tenth console exclusive with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I, I don't think that's a barn burner. I'll look at it. I haven't had a chance to look at all the reports, but I don't think it's the barn burner everybody thinks it is. It's like, yeah, we kind of already knew that. The reason I wanted to cover this is because Tom Warren is indicating a timeline that up to now we have not had. We have not had a timeline for these games. It's all been, well, maybe this one, maybe that one. The only rough timeline we got was from Steven Totillo that Sea of Thieves would be coming earlier this year. Well, now Tom Warren's saying the exact opposite. So let me go ahead and check. I think somebody already gifted a member. So let me get that up on the board. Let me thank who uh, that is. You're hearing that Herman Holst will be a guest on tomorrow's podcast. That'd be freaking crazy if that's true. That sounds like rumor mill. That doesn't sound real. Han shot first, and so did you. Thank you so much, The Bright Side, for gifting a member and taking us to our first member of the day. And then Joker Quinn gifts a member and takes us to two. Guys, this Friday night we have plans, and I was not going to do a member stream, but we will do a slightly later later member stream, and my wife and I will play Helldivers. That will be hilarious, and everybody can come, but the goal to unlock that is 3,000 members. We were going to take the night off, but you guys can compel me. You can convince me if we can hit that goal, so we need about 150, I think, members to do that. Um, and we will we will get that going for you guys on that Friday night. That should be pretty fun. That should be pretty fun. <clears throat> Hopefully Helldivers uh, Steam's Cells encourages Sony to release their games day one on PC. 
Well, I mean, there were comments from the report about that, so I may end up doing a show about that uh, because that may be a shift in in PlayStation strategy, one that I saw starting with Spider-Man 3, uh, which I've already covered. I've already said I think they'll start to move to that in the future, but we'll we'll have to wait. Again, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, And again, that's not what today is about. I don't want to cannibalize that stream. See if these is sick now. It only took five years. I mean, I think Sea of Thieves could be the one that they're wanting to use primarily to test live service games, right? So today we're going to be discussing mainly the games coming to PlayStation 5 and Switch according to Tom Warren from The Verge. The idea being like, listen, we've got a timeline now, right? It's, It's going to be starting with Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment. Pentiment's new. We, we, we didn't hear anything about Pentiment up to now. So Pentiment coming, not that Pentiment's a new game, I'm saying Pentiment's new information. And the fact that Sea of Thieves is later this year. Now again, that runs contrary to everything that we've heard up to this point. We heard that it was going to be Hi-Fi Rush first. I'm sorry, we heard that it was going to be Sea of Thieves first early this year. And that after that, it was going to be other titles. So at this moment in time, I, I feel like we've got a pretty good, you know, bead on the, the, the initial timeline. The initial timeline being, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to drop this, right? And the, uh, I had the Starfield video playing. So if you guys are watching this, we are trying and experimenting. You might be watching the past broadcast of a mobile version of the stream over on Rundown. And I was like, why am I getting so much sound over there? It should just be music now. So if you're watching the past broadcast, apologies. We are uh, we're experimenting with something over there. Uh, we are experimenting with something over there. So uh, very different version of the stream, but we hope you know we might meet some new people that way. I always expected Pentiment. Uh, it's critically acclaimed and smaller, cheaper to port. Right, and that was kind of my reasoning on it. That was kind of my logic on this. It's like, well, these games are the best to port because they're, they're, they're going to come faster, right? I bet Doc Dark is celebrating his janitor take. I don't know why you would celebrate your janitor take. I, I love Doc, but like Tom Warren's not talking to a janitor. Tom Warren's like, listen, according to sources, this is the order that it's happening in, right? Rogue Necro with five gifted members. Thank you so much. Taking us to seven members on the day. Appreciate you so, so much. Uh, Ori, I mean, Ori could. I don't see why they'd be against it. Ori came to Nintendo. Like, where's the harm? You know? I'm good with Rebirth and Helldivers Stellar Blade this year. Like, this is a much fuller year for PlayStation. The the Yeah, the focus on first party, it's like, people want exclusives. Like, that's generally what people are looking for when they buy a console. They're like, okay, well, what am I going to get here? What's the reason to buy? It's why whenever the new consoles got announced, that was the focal point. The focal point was, you know, exclusives. What are we going to be getting? It makes sense. Oh, Tom Warren's the janitor. He's got a master of disguise. Right, right, right. Yo, what's good, Hellfire? Good to see you. Um, right. Might as well send Ori too, or or yeah, Ori as well. Well, Ori, Ori's got two games, but yeah, both Ori games. You know, you bring them over. You could even do both of the games at the same time and just sell them in a bundle, right? wasn't xbox dead what happened i i don't i never said xbox was dead i'm not sure anybody why would why anybody would say that they're dead 
they're shifting in strategy. And and Tom, Tom Warren's article comes out, and think about the timing here. So Phil Spencer, I wasn't going to do a video on the announcement of like, hey, we're going to do a podcast. I wasn't going to do a, 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 a talk show about that. So yesterday we covered Helldivers. Is it pay to win? It's not. And then we did some gameplay. So be sure to check out that gameplay. We had a lot of fun. Right? We learned some good lessons too about strategy. Now, if the you know if all we had was the announcement about the Xbox podcast from you know from Phil Spencer on Twitter, I wasn't going to cover that. You, you, I'm not going to do a talk show on that. Like, hey guys, they announced it. Now tomorrow we'll do a prediction stream because there's a lot to talk about. I'm not going to talk about any of that today. I'm not going to talk about predictions for hardware, predictions for Game Pass, you know, predictions for what games and when. I think that'll be a fun thing to do tomorrow with you guys and then we'll co-stream the podcast at 3 p.m. Eastern. This was different though because Tom Warren's basically saying he has new information. He called it a scoop. He tweeted out and he was like, "Scoop." I was like, "Okay, what's you scooping, Tommy?" And he basically comes out and he's like, "Yeah, uh, we have a timeline now." The first two games to come are Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment, and then see if these will be later this year. So we now have a pretty firm picture of what games are coming in 2024 and roughly in what order. Instead of like everybody asking like, well, is it going to be Starfield or is it going to be this game or that game? It looks to me like they pinpointed three games, three different games that would be relatively easy to port over, right? relatively easy you've got they're they're smaller games in scope right they're not they're not huge games and there's a live service game in the mix because if you're xbox you you want to see okay what's what's a live service game gonna look like over there right how's it how's it gonna shape up is it is it gonna work because if if you're wanting to bring a live service game to another platform we talked about this yesterday with Helldivers because I was like I think Helldivers 2 would benefit from you know a year from now showing up on Xbox showing up on Game Pass that's a nice in- injection of um, that's a nice injection of monthly active users you know you get a couple million people rotating through that game every month on another platform I think that's a win that's more people playing now again that's in the context of a live service game and Xbox might be asking the exact same question. Can we take a live service game and put it on another platform and yield good results from that? I don't think anybody even looks at Sea of Thieves anymore and thinks of it as like, oh, that's an Xbox title. It's been out for so long. I, I just don't think that happens with certain titles. I think they lose that sense of like, oh yeah, that 100%, you got, that's a, that's a big brand Xbox title. Now, Starfield certainly feels that way. Halo certainly feels that way, but I don't, I don't think Sea of Thieves feels that way. And if I'm Microsoft, I want to, I want to know. I want to know what's the performance going to be like if we take a live service game to a rival, a formerly rival platform. If our game's going to Game Pass, then their games need to come to PS Plus. I think it's a case-by-case basis, though, Scott. Like, I'm very specific in what I'm saying. 
I would never advocate for taking something like God of War and putting it on Game Pass. That would make absolutely no sense at all. But I was saying that I'm always I'm always in support of game quality and the user. That's what matters the most to me. Now, obviously, there are times where I take up for the the companies like they need to make money. They need to make ends meet. I, they, I want them to make a lot of money because if they make a lot of money, then that helps all of us, right? If they're making money, then they're going to continue making the games that we love and they're going to continue making the games that we enjoy. If not, then you're going to you're going to see, you know, companies shut down. So at one level, yes, I have historically been like I want companies to make a ton of money because the more money they make, the more they're going to reinvest, the more they're going to keep developing, you know, that that's good for all of us. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm always gravitating towards, I want the game quality to be good, I want the user experience to be good. And when it comes to live service games, I think live service games are better served by having a very full funnel of players. And if Microsoft is thinking similarly, if you think Sony's the only company targeting live service, I have to think, I have to think that Xbox also has live service games that they would like to, to launch in the next couple of years. Or at least they want to launch games that have a live service element or an ongoing element. Well, that's a great way to test it out. You take a game like Sea of Thieves over to PlayStation and you see how well does it perform? How What's the player funnel look like? Are we making any money? What's the MAU? Because, I mean, they're obviously looking at stats. They could look at stats from like Minecraft and Call of Duty and those are absurd. You can't use those necessarily to make predictions about other games because Minecraft and Call of Duty are household Leviathan titles. They're, you know, they're very much in a different category. We are looking at uh, 2024 where more Xbox first party games will release on PlayStation than more first party PlayStation games release on PlayStation Wild. Well, yes, I, I I again think the fixation on first party doesn't make any sense to me. We're getting a lot of exclusives this year on PlayStation between Helldivers 2, Rise of the Ronin, Stellar Blade, Concord is allegedly coming. Now, Foam Stars didn't do very well, but again, I think that game could be doing quite well in other markets. We don't know. We can't see the reports. We can't see the you know the player numbers. I don't think it's doing very well in the West, which I kind of anticipated. I thought I could see Foam Stars blowing up in the Asian market, and they're already running tournaments and stuff, so there could be a future for that game that, again, I think people wrote it off too quickly. But the point being, there's a lot of exclusives coming. I didn't even say Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That's another one. If you're purely thinking like a a non-super dialed-in consumer, like we're so dialed in, you know... We're, we're so dialed in, it's like, well, if we, we know who which studios are owned and which studios aren't. And it's like, but the average consumer just sees, oh, that's an exclusive. I need that console to play that. Right? I just want Hellblade 2. Yeah, that's one of mine that I'm looking forward to the most this year. We did plan a trip, and I'm going to be back before it comes out. I was, like, super nervous. After we planned the trip, I was like, wait, wait. And I was like, okay, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I was like, that's my biggest game this year that I'm looking forward to. Uh, especially with news like it's hard to justify investing in the ecosystem. Better to just rent games with Game Pass. What are you guys talking about? What did... 
at least at this current purchase mentality. I don't think games will sell well on Xbox. They have to go to Game Pass. Oh, right, right. Well, and that's that's what I was saying. Okay, that's what I was saying. By the way, if you guys are watching over on Reforge Rundown, we're, we're experimenting with a vertical stream that can show up in like the shorts feed. So it's almost like a mobile, it's like a mobile version of the stream for those of you that might want to watch like that. If you want to be a part of the, you know, the bigger stream and where there's memberships and stuff, you can head over to Reforge Gaming. But we appreciate you watching uh, over on the, uh, on the other channel. We're trying something. We're trying something new because there's multiple ways uh, to stream now. So let us know what you think. All it means is devs at PlayStation have more time to cook and make the games even better than they normally do. Yeah, I don't think it's cause for alarm. I think that's going to be a separate stream. We're obviously not going to be able to cover that tomorrow. We won't be able to cover the PlayStation thing this week. And I know people will, will probably, they probably have already accused me of dodging this morning, which is just completely dishonest. I never pivot like that. The PlayStation news hit in the middle of the night. I was literally asleep. I woke up and this stream was already planned and written. I don't pivot. I've told people before, I don't pivot. We've had major Xbox news drop, and I don't pivot to cover it. I just, I don't have the ability. I'm too busy. I live a normal day-to-day family man life, and I can't do that. So we'll probably have to cover the PlayStation thing next week, which I think is totally fine. I think it's a good topic. I just don't think it's a like a burner. It's like, okay, what's this mean for the year? There's two ways of looking at it, and I'll I'll do my best to represent that fairly in both sides. I don't I'm not bothered by it or alarmed by it at all. It's like we're getting exclusive. Who who cares? Like, what's it matter? Uh, Helldivers two and Final Fantasy Rebirth are better two game combo than anything Xbox had in like the last ten years, if ever. I mean, I don't. It depends. It depends on your preferences. It depends on your preferences. Like a lot of people really like Starfield. I mean, that was a that was a big title for them last year, and we can't act like it was it was a zero. I think it was. I think it was a good title for them. I just don't think it did what Microsoft wanted it to do. Right. I don't think it did what they wanted them to wanted to do. They why do you think you remember when Satya Nadella, he was the one that came out and said it was our single biggest, you know, new game pass subscriber day ever. Okay. Why do you think he knew that? Because they were monitoring the impact of that game probably pretty closely, right? They were probably monitoring it pretty closely. And in light of that, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> this didn't touch hardware. It didn't make a dent. There's like, there's no reason. In the wake of that, don't you think it's interesting that we get into the fourth quarter of last year and we start hearing rumors about them downscaling physical presence, downscaling distribution of console? Why do you think we're hearing those rumors? Well, probably because they were waiting to see. Listen, if Starfield creates a, a, a bump, Let's try one more game and see what happens. Let's see if we can create... Uh, can we turn the rudder on console demand? And if we can turn the rudder on console demand, well, then we can have a different you know, conversation and a different strategy. Starfield didn't turn the rudder on console demand. And so they pulled the trigger on, nope, that's it. Let, that, that was our biggest game for the next how many years? What, what game do you think you know Xbox has up their sleeve that's bigger than Starfield in the next couple of years. I don't know if they have anything that's that big. That's what you have to consider. Is Everybody touted how big Starfield was, and they were right. It has a star quality. Everybody was paying attention to that game. 
I, I have non-gamer friends that knew about that game, okay? And if a game of that size can't move the hardware rudder, you're going to change strategies because you're going to say, we don't even have anything that big coming in the next two to three years, if that at all. The next big title for Xbox would have been, I'm assuming would be like Elder Scrolls. I'm talking like Leviathan type gaming press viral type game I think the next big game would have been Elder Scrolls 6 for them and that's just too far out into the future now you could point revenue wise you could point to Call of Duty but that's not going to be a console exclusive so it's like in the realm of potential console exclusives that Starfield was like that was it that was their big cannon that they shot and if it didn't move that needle Microsoft's probably like, no, bro, it's time. It is time. Fable, I don't think Fable will be as big as Starfield as far as marketing power. No. I think Fable will be a big title for them, but I don't I don't necessarily... I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think Fable's going to come close to the popularity and the notoriety of Starfield. I... As far as far as developers and franchises go, I I think Bethesda pulls. You know they 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 had their they used to for the longest time, man. They had their own showcase, like they they pull, and they've got big they've got big property. I don't think that Microsoft bought them. You know they they bought them because according to Phil Spencer, they didn't want another title going exclusive to PlayStation. But I also think they looked at. The, the backlog and the catalog of Bethesda and said that's a, gr- that's a great lineup to have so guys do me a favor and smash that like button if you are watching over on Reforge Rundown let us know uh, if you're watching over there we, you might be watching in a way where you can't chat that's totally fine uh, just curious who's watching over there tons of people watching over here on Reforge Gaming make sure and smash that like button that helps us out and do me a favor, uh, if you want to see Madam and I streaming this Friday night, we'll play some Helldivers for you. Uh, that's going to be, uh, that is going to be a, um, like a, a, a spur of the moment stream. If you guys can get us to 3000 members, cause I was planning on taking that night off. You're at 2830. So you only need about 150 members cause I gift every five. So if you guys want to get that going, man, push now while you have the momentum. Fable is an established IP. It would make sense to dump money into it, get that nostalgic factor going via marketing. I think Fable is an established IP. I just don't know if it's going to have the same... I'm thinking marketing power. The marketing power and the marketing reach of Starfield was just at a... I think it was the highest of a game that that you could have last year. I just don't know if anything else came close. I mean, I think Call of Duty games might come close purely because of their top of mind, but I don't know. In in my opinion, um, I think Starfield was like the biggest. It's the biggest title they're going to have for a very long time. And you got to think of things from a financial perspective. Think of it also like this. Anybody that looked at the marketing spend, okay, and a 10 bomb from MASH, he says, come on, boys, let's get this 3,000 member stream this Friday night. We will let all members come, even gifteds. We'll put a little emoji in front of Madam. You're going to want to see us play Helldivers together. I guarantee you it will be hilarious. We're going to be coming back from like a, a Valentine's Day thing with, with some friends. You're, we're, it'll be a perfect way to end Valentine's Day week. <laughs> 
the two of us trying to play Helldivers 2 together. You got come on, we gotta hit that one. Um, the biggest and most misleading. I mean, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of, you know, was it misleading or not? I'm not too concerned with that. That's not really, that doesn't matter to me. How do we feel about Doom's reach? Yeah, again, I, I think that the marketing reach of Starfield was unique, right? I don't think Doom is small, and I don't think Fable is small, right? It's like saying... You know, you, you go to Chicago and you see the Sears Tower. It's called this now. I don't care. It's the Sears Tower. It, if you go to Chicago and you see the Sears Tower, the, the height of the Sears Tower doesn't make the John Hancock building small. Do you understand? Like, you can have really big titles for Xbox, but there's still going to be one that stands taller with respect to, like, marketing reach and popularity. Yo, Joker Quinn gifts a member. Thank you so much. Getting us a little bit closer. Every 25, I give five. And when we're trying to push these goals, I've been gifting right away to help with the momentum. Fable sold around 12.5 million between three games. Skyrim alone, 60 million, not even close. Yeah, even if you consider how many times Skyrim's been released, that's still G-Money. So, yeah, Microsoft has big property in Doom and in Fable. Uh, the, the, the The point that I was making is Starfield was just so big, if it didn't move the hardware number, Microsoft stepped in and said, no, yeah, it's it's time to change, dude. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's time for us to try a different approach here. We gave you your shot. You've got to remember something, okay? Everything that's happening right now with Xbox is still, and this is in my in my opinion, this is still all happening within the context of Phil Spencer being like, let's stay in the fight, let's not shut down the gaming division, and he and he and he tries to turn things around. We are still having that conversation right now. Because Microsoft said, listen. It was roughly 10 years ago that we were considering and even pushing for the gaming division to be shut down because it wasn't profitable. And you've had 10 years, Philly Phil, and uh, you've done a good job. You kept us in the fight, but it's time for a change of strategy. What you've been doing, in some respects, has worked. You've, You've kept us in the market. Okay, we didn't we didn't we didn't completely go belly up, but a lot of the efforts and a lot of the classic strategies of of fighting a a, a, a gaming market fight, it's just not the way forward anymore for us. That's still a conversation I think that they're having because there are probably still people, there are still shareholders and board members and high-ranking employees that are like, I remember nine or ten years ago when we were going to shut this gaming division down and you just convinced us to spend across all acquisitions close to $90 billion in acquisitions. So we would, we would, like, to, uh, we would like to recoup on that investment. We would like to see the future and the health of Xbox be very good for us. So, 
that's that's why it makes perfectly good sense that Satya Nadella answered the question the way that he did. You've got to remember that's in the ether. That's in the conversation. Yeah, Satya, what's the future in the health of Xbox? And he says, making great games and putting them on all platforms. Microsoft shareholder is going to hear that and know exactly what that means. Oh, you're going for widespread distribution. Yeah. You've done this with 365. You've done this with cloud services. You've done this with Windows. Sounds great, Satya. That's, that speaks to me. That speaks to a money man. That speaks to investors. That speaks to shareholders. If Microsoft says, we're going everywhere, we want to go on all platforms, that speaks to the mind of the investor and the shareholder in a very particular way because they, w- they were pushing for this division to be shut down just 10 years ago. And it's like, you analyze everything that's happened and you break it all down and you say, well, you had your shot. It's, it's, it's time for a change. That's why I said in my show open, this feels like phase one. This feels like phase one. Because they sit down and they say, this is what we want to do. What's What are the first titles we could do this with? What's the fastest, like, you know, proof of concept we could bring to market to just kind of see how it goes? I don't think they chose small titles because they're, like, worried about the backlash. I think they chose small titles because they'll be the easiest to port. Hi-Fi, Pentiment, and Sea of Thieves, they all fit a very similar project scope size Pentiment being the smallest of the bunch just because you have more money than God doesn't mean you want to lose any people with that level of money tend to want to make more for sure have you ever watched Shark Tank I mean people with that level of money they want to make more Sony shareholders aren't happy right now with the report. I mean, that's not today's topic. I mean, trying to invoke that into today's topic is just, i you got to stop. We, we don't do that. When I'm covering PlayStation and people want to come in and bash on Xbox, it's like, come on, man. Like, that's not, I'm not saying you're bashing, but like, we'll cover that. I've not seen evidence that they're unhappy either. I just, come on. Let's not do that today where you, you know, I... This isn't helpful, man. Both companies are part of the conversation today, for sure. But getting on to, like, the shareholder revenue reports of PlayStation and Sony, I, I don't I don't think that's conducive to today's conversation. I've said the same thing to people when we're talking about, you know, PlayStation games or a state of play, and they want to be like, Starfield and Xbox and bit. I'm like, don't do that. Come on. That's not what today's topic about. I don't like when anybody does it from either side. All uh, money does it make people more greedy and more. You get the more you want. Microsoft has way too much. I mean, I don't necessarily know if we need to get like anthropological about it and be like, oh, the, all people that get money want more of it. Um, I, in, in general, the way that the business world operates is perpetual growth you know you were talking about xbox shareholders that's why i brought it up yeah but i'm talking about xbox shareholders on topic i'm talking about it on topic as in like xbox shareholders 
you know that that is the way that they looked at this at least that's how i feel it doesn't it, it doesn't stand to reason that they would look at how things have been going and just keep things as they as they are are we supposed to not be able to see you i you should be able to see me i don't know if you're trying to troll over there on reforge rundown i mean i can pull it up and double check that it's working properly um I have, let's see. Yeah, I clicked on it and immediately could see myself. So, might be trolling, might need to refresh. Not sure. One of the two. Can I talk about how PC is better than Xbox or is that off topic too, Mr. Streamer Man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, on on topic, on topic, we're talking about a change in strategy. We're talking about why would you do, because again, the reason I mentioned the shareholders, uh... Just a black screen above chat, not trolling. Yeah, you've got to refresh. I just opened it on my phone and immediately saw myself. It's a problem on your end. Um, I don't know. Sweat saying YouTube is acting up. Yeah, I don't know. Is anybody else watching over on Rundown having that experience? Um, yeah, because on, on topic, I think this is a phase one. And the reason I think it's important to talk about that is... Just ended up on my suggestions while I was scrolling shorts. Well, that's cool. We were trying to see if it lands in the shorts feed, Danza. Were you scrolling through shorts and found it? Or was it somewhere else? Um. Refreshing worked. Okay. Okay, I was going to say, Sweat was having issue issues as well. Refreshing, good to go. Okay, cool. Yeah, I figured. I was like, it's got to be something like that. You guys watching over on Rundown, make sure and smash the like button as well. Um, the reason that I brought that up is because we're theorizing why would you start with Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, and Sea of Thieves? Like, why? Though Those aren't like barn burners. Like, I mean, I would say Hi-Fi Rush, it went viral and it performed very well. But it that's not like a, oh, dude, if we're going to start taking titles to PlayStation, we need to start strong. No, I believe, I believe they chose these titles because, oh, they'll, they'll be easier, they'll be easier to port. They'll, we'll get them over faster. I YouTube shut down on my uh, me completely the other day. Uh, a message popped up on my phone and everything first time that ever happened. So weird. Lancelot says, Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment, smaller games that would cost less to port, easier to see ROI, potential for games futures. Well, and that's why I brought up shareholders because, if the, you, again, the, the reason, you got to go all the way back to why I brought up shareholders. This is an ongoing conversation. They were pushing to close the gaming division they were pushing to do that in uh in in what what was it was it 2014 or 2015 it was roughly 10 years ago what did Erodimus say he said as i said before you don't want microsoft as a super third-party publisher why don't we want that Erodimus? i don't remember i don't remember your how you articulated that before Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment were probably already in development for PS5 before acquisition. I mean, maybe. Swade says, I'm looking forward to checking Hi-Fi out. 
but was it so well received because of the lack of content on Xbox? Yo, thank you so much, Chief Angel, for renewing. If you guys are paying for your own membership over here on Reforge Gaming, make sure if you're paying for it and you're not you're not having it gifted to you that you bump up to the to the $6 tier as opposed to the $5 tier. The $5 tier is reserved for gifteds. That way we can sort of have gifteds get a sampling of the content, they get into the Discord and then you uh, you can you can create um, I'm sorry. You can get into a sampling of the content of Gifted, and then you can bump up if you want to get into everything else. Those shareholders are probably looking at data to justify the cost because it strengthens belief in the ROI potential. Right. Well, and that's how that's how I looked at this. I said, okay, we've got we've got a variety of ways that Xbox could answer that question. Right? They could answer the question and say what are you, what are you, you know what are your plans to recoup costs on all these acquisitions and th- there's a variety of ways to answer that and i don't think the answer was through through increasing hardware distribution and growing game pass like i don't think that was the answer people that got it for free didn't want it people that uh had to buy it didn't want it why would i i don't think that's a fair summary of hi-fi rush i don't I think you're describing something that's indicative of patterns we've noticed on Game Pass that it leads to it drives engage it drives achievement numbers down because people try it out. Look at the review score of Lies of P. The lowest it score the lowest score it has is on Xbox. Well, why do you think that is? It's because of Game Pass. A bunch of people tried a game they ordinarily never would have tried and so they gave it a bad score and they uninstalled it. That's exactly why people like Game Pass because they get to try a game that they never ordinarily would have tried. I think the same thing could apply to a rhythm game that people would try it and then decide, I don't like this. I don't play rhythm games. I I think if you look at the Steam score of Hi-Fi Rush, uh, oh, you're describing value destruction. I thought you were describing Hi-Fi Rush. I'm like, if you look at the Steam score for Hi-Fi Rush, like it did incredibly well. It got great scores. Now, I don't know about commercially how well it did on Steam, but it got great review scores. Hilly says, how do you think the Xbox console community will feel about Xbox spending resources porting to PlayStation and Nintendo building less for them? <clears throat> um, I Listen, I think in general, the average Xbox consumer isn't tuned into any of this hilly. Th- this is the impact this is going to have on the average consumer, okay? Once enough titles make the jump, the average consumer that's paying attention is probably going to say something to the effect of, well, I, I guess they're just going to all eventually end up coming to PlayStation maybe I should just get a PlayStation. Like, I think that logic tracks. If enough titles make the jump, like you see Hi-Fi, you know, Hi-Fi was everywhere on Xbox. It was on the front page. It was a shadow drop on Game Pass, right? And all of a sudden, you see Hi-Fi over there on PlayStation, and then you see Pentiment, and then you see Sea of Thieves. You might start to think, the average consumer might start to think, oh, why, maybe I should just get a PlayStation. I don't think the average consumer is going to say, 
I'm really angry they spent money porting that as opposed to doing something else. Now, Hilly, I think you're correct that the average person on Twitter and YouTuber and really plugged in person on Reddit is going to say, I really don't feel like you're committed to me because sure, I might get the game first, but then that developer is going to turn around and make the game and get the game ready for PlayStation. I think those are the people that are going to take that line of thinking, Hilly. And truth be told, they're, in the grand scheme of things, from a business perspective, they're nothing. And so am I. We're not, we are nothing in the grand scheme of things. Like, when Hogwarts Legacy came out, and they did timed exclusive content on PlayStation, and I criticized it. I don't like that. I, I do not like that. I don't support that. I don't mind timed exclusivity for a game because we know that helps the developer and the product. The product comes to market faster at a higher quality. And we also know that oftentimes timed exclusivity is something that the developer and the publisher brokers, it's not something I told a guy that this morning. He was like, oh, they're out here money heading games. I'm like, you do know that presumption's unfounded, right? That like Final Fantasy basically admitted they shopped their property around and they went with the best deal. It's not like they're being bullied into exclusivity. A lot of these companies seek it out because it's better for them. That's not the same as like, oh, this mission's only available on this platform. I don't like that. If it's a multi-plat, I've never liked that. Now, Chief Angel, thank you so much for upgrading to a member, man. I appreciate that. I know it's not easy. YouTube does not make upgrading easy. Now, when I criticized that, and I said, I didn't like that they did that with Hogwarts. Do you, do you think anybody cares? Do you think any anybody that's at Sony or PlayStation or Warner Brothers, do you think they care? Let's say I had a million subscribers and I said that. Do you think they care? No. Money hatting. H-A-T-T-I-N-G. Money hatting. It's this term people use for... You know, it's it's commonly used in the form of a pejorative when they look at PlayStation. Yeah, they're over there money-hatting games and making it really hard on Microsoft. It's remarkable that people still think that. It is. It's remarkable. Microsoft has the amount of money that they have more than PlayStation is absurd. And to sit and to, and to indicate and to insinuate that PlayStation is somehow money-hatting, and they couldn't outspend Microsoft if they wanted to. They couldn't. And again, the truth is that a lot of these companies shop their property around. What happens is, I think, is that people look at the platforms. They look at Microsoft and look at Xbox and look at PlayStation look at Sony... And it's like, oh, you're over there money-hunting games. And it's like, you know the developers agreed to that, right? You know when a game goes on Game Pass, the developers agreed to that, right? They weren't bullied into it. A lot of the times what the developer and the publisher are doing is they're seeking the best path to ROI just like everybody else is. Green Monster with a $5 Super Chat tip. Much love, Lono. Can't wait for that Helldiver stream with the misses. Thank you very much. Hey, listen, we got a ways to go if you're going to get that Helldiver stream with, with, with Madam this week, all right? You guys need about 150 members. That's it. 
we've had days where we've gotten like five or six hundred. That's that's light work for y'all. We should be able to hit it, but you got to push quick. I've been gifting every 25. I used to wait until the end, but I do it immediately to try to help us hit the goals. I'm burned out from last week on this subject. I mean, this is what happens in the gaming news world, man. This thing kind of took over. And I wasn't going to cover it until tomorrow. I was going to do a prediction stream. But then I looked at Tom Warren's article. I looked at the gaming news cycle and I said, this is the lead. This is the top story. Tom Warren's got hard, hard, like hard language, firm language. And he's, and he's giving us a timeline. He's saying these two first, see if these later this year. That's the most concrete information we've gotten in the last two weeks. Yeah. And listen, we had to cover the Activision Blizzard deal for like months. This is nothing. Where is the direct? We will be co-streaming the Xbox podcast tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. So February the 15th, 3 p.m. Eastern. We'll go live. We'll co-stream it. I'll debrief with you guys for 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes, and then I'm going to join Ginger Prime, uh, Kirk, and J-Dub. We're going to be talking about it, breaking it down, reacting to it. Yes, the podcast is tomorrow. But see, what I wanted to do tomorrow, Darren, I wanted to do a prediction stream tomorrow because there's way more to talk about that I'm not talking about today. They, why are all, they all three there? Why, why, is, why is Booty there, right? Like, So there's there's Bethesda, there's Hardware, there's Game Pass. There's a lot of different avenues of tomorrow that I want to consider that we're not talking about today. Today we're talking about we have a timeline. We have what looks like Phase 1. Why? Why did they choose these titles? Do you think there are certain stipulations? Like, are, do we have a window into what else might get moved? Right? D- d- looking at these titles, can we even remotely deduce? Can we even remotely deduce what they might do with other titles? Bill Spencer did not set up that announcement in accordance to my schedule. Xbox is over. <laughs> Jen says, I think Sea of Thieves is the only game I would be interested in from the list. Yeah, a lot of people were saying that on Twitter. I mean, what do you guys think? A lot of people were like, I don't have any interest in those games. Like, I don't have any interest in those games. Why are they moving those games? Those games are old. I was like, old? They came out last year. (laughs) Well, I mean, Sea of Thieves is old. That's fair. All right, but but Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush? Like, are we really doing that thing where once a game's been out for more than, like, a month, we're like, that game's old. Like, what? I was like, what? I was like, these games aren't old. Sea of Thieves is dog water. Sea of Thieves has a lot of great things in it. I think it's got to be, with respect to just sailing on the open sea, I can't get that experience anywhere else. I truly love it. I really do. In my living room, on the big screen, the waves crashing, the boat slowly coming up and down, the creaking of the wood and the ropes, and the you can hear the flapping of the sails. It's it's just wonderful. It's just such a great experience. You know, and then you get sunk by some lifer in the game, and you're like, ah, well, I'll, I'll play something else. <laughs> I'm looking for a laid-back game to play with my wife. Like, I ain't looking for a game where I'm running from... A PvP player, you know? I've just never... 
what Sea of Thieves, what I want from Sea of Thieves, I just, I just can't get it. You know, there are certain games that just aren't conducive to casual couch co-op with my wife. You know, have you considered, you know, real boats? Well, I'm landlocked, and uh, I actually don't like going uh, out on the water in real life. Right? Remember who stole your own ship? Yeah, I did it. I didn't steal my own boat twice. I thought I only stole my own boat once. I thought it was just once. Mighty Keefe says, This console war stuff's melting your brain. You didn't even read the article correctly. It says no new games from existing major franchises. Not that there won't be any new big games. <laughs> That's exactly why... I, I don't put any credence in people being like, oh, see, we have a financial report, and they'll just remove words. Just words. Just words. They'll, they'll just remove words. They do this all the time. They did it with Satya Nadella when he was like, yeah, we want to put games on all platforms, Xbox and consoles, PC and mobile, and they remove the word and. Now, like, Xbox consoles, like, you know, it... Is it? I just. I. I. I just. I just. What? I. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Just this incessant commitment to just being dishonest. You know, let's just remove words. You know, just take them out. We don't need to be in there. You know. Well, just add words while you're at it, you know? Xbox games coming to PlayStation, Nintendo Switch. You know? Just add the word never. Who cares? Just say whatever you want at that point. It's just, it's just, it's just a no, no rules, bro. You say whatever you want. Yeah. Xbox games never coming to PS5 and Switch. Why are you saying that? That's not what the reports are saying. Well, I just felt like adding a word. Eugene says, we've allowed people to exist in their own personal reality for far too long. We've encouraged it. It has to stop. That's what I'm saying. If I walk into a boxing ring like this, I can't really complain when I get punched in the face. You know? Y'all been wearing blindfolds and you're like, this is just so surprising. I'm blindsided by all of this. Well, when you get your information from people that just yank words out of sentences, you know, to suit their narrative, of course you're blindsided by this. You know? Can you imagine your can you imagine your doctor doing that, you know? He pulls out the report. <laughs> he just leaves words out, you know? You have a, you know, an infection in your in your foot. Yeah. We're encouraging surgery. And you're like, okay, I'll, I'll go home and discuss this with, with my wife. And he's like, well, hang on a second. I, just, I, I left out the word major. <laughs> stupid. I'm stupid. I, you know, I just take words out of sentences sometimes just to spice things up. You have a major infection in your foot, and we're encouraging surgery. <laughs> you know, you're like... That's a really important word, doctor. You know, you think you think he could have said that? 
before I hobbled to my car. <laughs> like, just take words out, man. Just say whatever you want at that point. Just make something up. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable! It's unbelievable. <laughs> I guess what I saw this morning. I was like, so I read the actual quotation. I was like, okay. Let's see what everybody's saying. <laughs> and everybody's like, yep, no major titles. No major games coming. It's over. All right. <laughs> okay. Phil's going to say, welcome our new fans from PlayStation. We're happy to be bringing some some of our major titles. AI edits it too. Welcome our old fans from Xbox. We're happy to be bringing some of the more major titles. <laughs> Doctor checks notes. Yeah, it looks like here you've got a life-threatening cancer. Oh, oh, sorry. Probably don't have. Yeah, probably don't have. That's right. <laughs> you just take words out, man. <laughs> uh, you ever see that sentence? You know, where if you take out the comma, it's like "Let's eat, Grandma." You know, you might be telling her, "Hey, let's eat." Or you're promoting cannibalism, you know? Simple comma changes the whole sentence. <laughs> Skipping school days is awesome. Hang on a second. What's going on here? What do I got? Oh, confirmation of a an appointment. Perfect. There we go. What quasi-computer console we play on doesn't matter? Well, I mean, it doesn't matter in some respects, but it matters depending on what you want to play or what you're looking for or if you're wanting certain features and things like that. Certainly that matters, you know. I think sometimes we forget that, you know, I do think some of the dialogue on this is driven by the fact that people can only afford one console and they speak from that place. Right? Yeah, I have an appointment. I have a major foot infection. Um, you know, they speak from that place. You know, I, I, sometimes I have to remember that I, I sit in a place of privilege when you, like, owning a Nintendo Switch, two PlayStation 5s, a Series X, multiple gaming rigs. I've got two or three gaming rigs that I could plug in, hook up right now, and play at good graphics. I think they all have 2080s. I think I have three. And then I have the streaming rig. Well, that you have to, I have to see that that's not the, the average consumer. The vast majority of the consumers are not sitting in that position. So they come to the conversation, and that's why when they hear me talk, they're like, no way, this guy's a pony. And it's like, well, now hang on a minute. You're just coming from a position of you have a single box, and if I'm critical of that box or I praise this one, I must be. I must be this. It's like, no. No, I just have preferences. Right? And I think, sadly, if other people were in that position, they would understand. They'd be like, well, yeah. What's, what's the, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? I can play anything that comes out. But what do I care? All I care about is if the games are really, really good. Think about it like this. If you, let's say right now, people are talking a lot about subservices. Subservices are relevant to this discussion because I think subservices in gaming are not going to be as big as people originally thought. Because even the television, video, movie subservices, they're all having to kind of reassess. Okay, So think about it from this perspective. 
if you are in a financial position where you can only afford one of those subservices, it's going to really irritate you when certain movies or TV shows go to another one because that means you can't watch them. Right? If another person is in a financial position where they have literally any subservice in existence, they can watch every sporting event, every movie, every TV show. Okay? Now, if you see them talking about how they really have enjoyed the shows, uh, the original shows coming out of Disney, let's just say that. For the sake of the argument, they're like, yo, man, the the original programming from Disney's been really good lately. And you're like, you sound like a Disney apologist. They'd be like, what? You're coming from this position of like, well, I can't afford what they have, and they won't put their programming over here, and screw Disney for that. And there's this anger, there's this animosity towards Disney, right? Now, there's good reasons to not like Disney, but that's not one of them. Everybody's doing that, right? All these companies are owning up their, you know, shoring up their property to try to create value in the market, and now they're all going to try to merge so that then they have buying power when they talk to the major companies and the movie companies, so that they can try to get the, you know, the movies and the TV shows first because we have X number of consumers and X number of DAUs and and X number of MAUs. They're going to try to leverage all of that. But if you come to that person and say that it's not going to make any sense to that person. He's gonna be like, what do you, what do you mean? I, I just I, I just prefer them right now. I think their original programming is really good. It doesn't make any sense to them. So when I started to feel that preference to one side because the games that were coming out were within my my like Eugene saying he doesn't have preferences, he has standards, right? Like, yeah, my standards of like this is what I wanted from next gen. Right? This is what I wanted. I wanted 60 FPS, I wanted higher resolution, I wanted, you know, no load times. And I'm getting that over here. I'm getting a good cadence of games over here, and I'm not getting that over there. And when somebody hears me say that, and I'm critical of Xbox's decision to, I think, they hamstrung this entire generation with the Series S. Oh, you're a pony! But no, I'm an irritated Xbox consumer. Your lack of an ability to express frustration as an Xbox consumer doesn't make me a pony. That's fundamentally what it comes down to, is I feel like people have developed almost an allergy to, they can't speak out that frustration. Do you want to know why the last couple of weeks have been nothing but meltdowns? Because they've been holding it all inside. That's why. Right? If if you're if you're going to never utter that frustration, where are the games, where's the performance, you know, where are those promises? And you, you have this allergy to expressing that, and you attack people like me for expressing that. It was like uh, this has all been pretty disappointing. This isn't what I wanted, this isn't what I bought into. Well, you're keeping it all inside, and all it takes is a pinprick of Yeah, major exclusives are going to go to PlayStation. It all comes out. It all comes pouring out. You see this in real life. You see this in movies and TV shows all the time. Someone holds their tongue for months and for years, and all of a sudden, the right thing happens, and they just unload on somebody. They're like, and they lose their mind. I think that's what we've been watching 
That's what's been demonstrated uh, in the the gaming commentary uh, personality world the last two weeks. You've been seeing people become emotionally unhinged because they they haven't they have not been able to do that. M- you know, minor criticisms here or there, sure, but there was always a hand wave there was always an excuse made every time it was like it didn't it didn't matter how many times i pointed to marketing or you know xbox privated a series s video like none of that mattered none of it mattered this matters you you can't hand wave this you can't hand wave exclusives going to another platform because they are almost a badge of honor they're certainly not a badge of game investment because a lot of these guys out here that do this every day on Twitter, that they, they get they get hour checked all the time. I'm not talking about trophy checking. Like they don't even play the games. Some of these guys don't even play the games. They don't even put time in. They'll be out here, you know, talking up one side and the other about like, you know, Hellblade, and they've never played it. Same with Hi-Fi. Same with Starfield. Do, do you ever wonder if the you ever, you ever wonder about that? Do you think the engagement numbers are playing a role here? I think they might be playing a role here. If you look at the engagement numbers for Hi-Fi Rush on Xbox, you you can't think that an executive doesn't look at that and say, what, what in the world are we doing here? That's a great piece of property. It's good looking. It's easy to market. People liked it. It's got good review scores. What are we doing? What are we doing? What, they, they look at the engagement numbers. It didn't do... It didn't do well on its own platform with respect to engagement numbers. I think engagement numbers are playing a role. And I tell you what, that might be what saves Starfield. That might be what saves Starfield. They were discussing it. It was coming. We all hear, oh, Starfield's coming. Now we're hearing from one source, no, I have new information. It's not coming. If Xbox convinced Microsoft to walk that one back, it might have been the engagement numbers. They might have been like, look, man, we have very, very solid engagement numbers on this game. You don't want to move this game over there. That could backfire, right? Because Microsoft could look at it and say, that's perfectly great reasoning to move it because... That's a bigger that's a bigger platform over there. And look at the physical sales of Fallout 4 over there. There's an audience over there that will play and buy this game. Like that that blade cuts both ways. If you're like, "Well, let's move titles that that didn't seem to get great engagement and maybe Xbox was able to compel Microsoft don't move Starfield it had great engagement on Xbox it's a very very good piece of the brand for us you can't do this Microsoft could turn around and say that's exactly why we need to do this if you're getting good engagement numbers on the console we're the console is incredibly small the number of people in the market right now with a Series S and a Series X who could play Starfield is incredibly small compared to whatever number PS5s will be in the market by the time they would launch it there. They've surpassed 50 million. Now we are in the second half, so PlayStation sales will start to slow now. That's totally normal. There's always going to be that apex that you then come down from, and we're halfway through the generation, so it stands to reason that that'll start to happen. The PS5 Pro will also play a role in that. 
but they're still they're still going to look at it and say if we got good engagement numbers on our console with this game why would we not put it over there they're bigger their projections are solid and there's a Bethesda audience over there why do you think Pete Hines left like Pete Hines is like are you freaking kidding me like you made us do this personally I have a theory that Pete Hines left because they were walking back to the idea about Starfield and future Bethesda titles being exclusive and I think he said I'm out of here he's like I'm not doing this no I don't want to I don't want to be anywhere near this you know he he stressed twice in his retirement announcement 24 years 24 years he didn't say 20 plus years he said 24 he wanted everybody to know I'm not even I'm not even pushing it for one more year dude I don't even want to get to the golden 25 I'm out of here and the real Pete Hines liked my tweet when I put up a video about his retirement I theorized I was like I think this guy was irritated and he got out and around the time that he left is is likely the time the discussion was starting of we think we're going to change the strategy here we think we're going to move these titles to PS5 and he probably just hit the freaking roof he's like I went out here and I apologized to people about this you know and then you go and you, you're telling the world you're going to be putting Call of Duty and other titles on other platforms and you told us to do this with Starfield and now you want to move it to other platforms I'm done I'm, t- I'm walking out of this. This is a mess. It's around the time that he quit that again, a couple months later, what are we hearing? You're going to see a change in strategy. We're going to start putting our first party property on other platforms. Platforms we previously considered competitors. There was not good engagement off of purchases. It was because it was on Game Pass and every Game Pass owner was hyped to play and then everyone pretty much gamed around and found out. Yeah, but Starfield was up on the most played on the most played games chart for Xbox for a long time. Right now Starfield is Let's see. What do, what do I got per row here? 5 1 2 3 4 5. They're in 24th place. Now, you got to remember that out of the top 25 games played on Xbox, the first 10 aren't even fair to count. Fortnite, Call of Duty, Rainbow Six Siege, Roblox, NBA 2K, Madden, Minecraft, Apex Legends, Grand Theft Auto, and Rocket League. Okay? Four of the top 10 are free. And they're all massive titles. So if you remove those top 10 as like, those are just constants... Those are the constant top 10. That means Starfield, in the midst of all of that, is still in the top 15 played. It's top 25. But the top 10 games, like, come on. You, you, no one's competing with those games for very long. Starfield is still in a great spot on Xbox Most Played. Again, I think that blade cuts both ways. I think the Hi-Fi Rush Blade definitely cuts and says, that's a great piece of property. It got good review scores. We need to capitalize on this. 
put it over there. It's also a smaller title that they could probably port very easily. If especially if you can get Hi-Fi Rush running as imagine Hi-Fi Rush as a launch title for the Nintendo Switch 2. That thing would do numbers over there. It's it's just so the game is just a vibe. It is a vibe and I think it would do well. I think it would do well over there. I think it would I think it would crush on Nintendo, especially if they can get it to be a Nintendo Switch 2 launch title. Not too good on Steam though. I don't know about player numbers on Steam, but Hi-Fi Rush on Steam, last I checked, had a stellar score. 19,000 reviews. It has a 97. Bro, that is massive respect for any game that can hold over a 95. Almost 20,000 reviews for Hi-Fi Rush on Steam. That game deserves its flowers. It, that game deserves to, to, to be in more places and to generate some money. It does. It did its job. Now, somebody might say, well, what about PlayStation games that do that? Again, PlayStation has a different business strategy with their first-party property. Xbox is shifting in strategy. Oh, you were referring to Starfield, not Hi-Fi. I'll say, Hi-Fi deserves massive respect to have just shy of 20,000 reviews and to have a 97%. That's incredible. That is a very hard score to maintain. Anything, anything above 95% on Steam, that just deserves respect, man. It does. Sony will never allow it on PlayStation. Which game are you talking about? I was called a troll earlier for saying if Nintendo made Hi-Fi Rush, it would have been, it would have beaten uh, Baldur's Gate 3 for Game of the Year. Oh, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. Now, if you're if you're insinuating there is a Nintendo bias in the gaming market, I do think there is a pretty strong preference. Like people just love Nintendo, but I don't necessarily think there's there's not there's good reason to love Nintendo. Nin- Nintendo's kind of great. Like they've kind of crushed it. You know, they don't have great power on the Switch, but but they got a lot of moxie, bro. Their games are great. Their games are super fun and super creative. And I think Baldur's Gate 3 did things that other... Like, the development world took notice of Baldur's Gate 3. The gaming world stopped and said, how is this even possible? Like, that's a game in its own category. You don't even have to play Baldur's Gate 3 to see that. Because commonly, that's what will happen when Baldur's Gate 3 comes up. People will say, well, you didn't play it, Lono. Or they'll point to others, because there's other people that just didn't play it, but they give it the respect that it deserves. They're like, that game just crushed it. Buy an Xbox and play Hi-Fi Rush. Or you could wait. You could you could play Hi-Fi Rush through Game Pass on your TV. You could play Hi-Fi Rush on your PlayStation relatively soon from what we're hearing. You you could play it on your Nintendo Switch relatively soon from what we're hearing. The reason to buy an Xbox console is, you know, kind of 
it's kind of shifting. Drider over on Reforge Rundown says, Apex just released 120 FPS for new consoles. It looks really good on my Xbox. My PS5 has graphics dumped down and draw distance reduced. To me, that's why I'm sticking with Xbox after the merge. Well, yeah, if you're really siloed into one game, Drider, I, I have no problem with that. I mean, I respect that. If that's if that's where you want to go and that's where you want to game, and if that's the game that matters to you the most, I mean, that's that's very common, you know, to be more siloed up into one game. And in five years, you might be very, you might be a very different gamer. All I ever cared about for a very long time was Call of Duty and playing with my clan. I don't even have an inkling of care to ever do that again in my life. Like, people just change. Like, I would have definitely siloed up and gone wherever the best Call of Duty, as well as wherever my clan went. That's where I would have gone. And with crossplay now, that doesn't matter near as much. But still, it's very common. Alapark says, Hi-Fi Rush is not worth paying the amount for a console. As great of a game as it may be, it's not a console mover. Yeah, I think that's fair pushback. I think that's fair pushback. I think that's another reason why these are good games to move first. Why? They're not console movers. Nobody's buying a console for Hi-Fi Rush or Pentiment. Nobody's buying a console for Sea of Thieves. So you're not losing that market draw. And that's the question you need to ask. At what point does even a game like Starfield factor in as like it's not a console mover since we already have proof that it wasn't a console mover in 2023? Right? Wait two or three years for bangers? I thought you all were playing Anywhere Gamers. I mean, I don't think everybody here is playing anywhere gamers erotimus. A lot of the people in chat have one particular platform that they primarily play on. I mean, we don't want to presume anything about a group this large. There's 750-something people watching, which, by the way, guys, smash the like button. Let's hit 25 members. I'll give five, and if we can get back to 3,000 members, I'll stream Friday night with my wife. We'll play some Helldivers 2, and everybody's invited. Let's get those numbers going. If you can't afford a membership, don't worry. Smash like, chat, do those things. It'll make you more likely to get a membership. But yeah, we don't want to presume that, Erotimus, but here's the snag that I think you're you're not acknowledging. This will likely turn into a day-and-date move, homie. Not all titles, but I think this is going to move to day-and-date. This is 100% going to get to the point where they say, just do it day and date. The rumors pointed to that. The re- the, the the increase of investment of uh, you know PS5 dev kits that that as well, that as well points to it. Your console movers for Xbox were Halo and Gears of War, and they were kind of they've kind of let those IPs slip. Explain to me why Microsoft deserved any more money from me, Play Anywhere Gamers, earn my money, says Eugene. Why would I buy an Xbox after the 360? Go love today and smash the like button, says Cat. Good to see you, Cat! Cat, did you see it? Did you see it? The Millennium Falcon you sent oh so long ago, me and the kiddos finally built it. It's done. I, want, I, want, I wanted you to know that. I wasn't sure if you had seen it yet. Hi-Fi Rush sales on PlayStation might depend on release window. If it'll get stuck between Final Fantasy VII, Rise of Ronin, Cellar Blade sales won't be great. Well, I think they would look for a gap in the year elsewhere. I I think they would look for a gap in the year. I don't think they would say 
I, I think they would be very smart about that. You certainly don't want to come to PlayStation in the midst of their their exclusive offerings this year. There's a pretty steady flow. There's there's a, there's a pretty steady flow. Maybe Xbox targets. Uh, yo, welcome back, cat, and a VIP at that. Welcome back. Maybe Xbox targets a completely different audience, budget gamers who buy the Series S and Game Pass. Right, here's the here's the kicker, Alex. What if, right, what if the real, the real strategy is that they want to do more than that? They want to hit other categories of consumer they want to hit other other pieces of the gaming property why do you think they wanted king mobile they wanted king mobile because there are mobile gamers that are completely different than than me and you and a 10 bomb from cat she does it she's the agent of chaos she takes us past 25 all the way to 28 i now owe you guys five members and i'm gonna do it right now let's get as close as we can to that goal of a friday night stream this week with me and my wife we were gonna take the night off but hey if you guys can get us back to 3,000 members i'll make her do it i'm just kidding it'll be fun it'll be fun we'll play hell divers 2 together it'll be a blast the days of this versus that in regards to consoles are over, says Tall Jawa. That's a great name. Uh, all games should be cross-play and developed for all viable platforms. Get rid of all the exclusives, just thought. I don't think you're going to see the eradication of exclusives because Nintendo and PlayStation exclusives stand too tall. Doc Dark, when he, he claimed that he got me on my podcast where I mentioned bundles because he was he was driving the notion that exclusives are not why somebody buys a console. It's not why somebody buys a PlayStation. And I said, well, Doc, traditionally we see a big surge of first-party sales of games anytime the consoles have a resaturation. There was a marketed and measured rhythm of anytime PlayStation 5 did a restock, all their first-party games had a huge surge of sales. So it would stand to reason that the people buying the early adopters, the people hungriest for the PlayStation 5, were doing it because they wanted first-party property. And then I pointed to bundles, because we've seen bundles of Spider-Man, Horizon Forbidden West. Why do we see those bundles? Because people try to use those bundles to cite, well, that's why the PlayStation's selling so well. People are just trying to get the game, or they say it the other way around. They'll say, well, that's why that game sold so well, because they bundled it in, when the bundles aren't actually included in the sales numbers, and those people are being dishonest and not representing the facts correctly so those bundles were always cited and he's like "Ooh, i got you he's like i got you checkmate he's like what's the latest bundle and i'm like yeah call of duty how many years into the life cycle are we now four so halfway through the life cycle of the console you think call of duty being bundled in is a checkmate You think they got to 50 million PlayStation 5s because of Call of Duty when up to Modern Warfare 3, the whole focus of getting the PS5s was always, every marketing, every push, it was always their first party property. And every single time they restocked PS5s, what did we get? We got a surge of first party sales. So I'm mentioning all this because on the topic of exclusives, like, oh, if Xbox does this, is the market going to follow suit and no more exclusives? No. The exclusives underneath Nintendo's umbrella and underneath PlayStation's umbrella, they're too strong. 
They, they move hardware. Because Doc's point, he's always said this, and I'm telling you, he is totally wrong. He thinks that the only platform that's sold on exclusives is Nintendo. And I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. The two console leaders right now have heavily focused on a strong first-party offering... And they're the leaders. And the company that's had the least amount of first-party offerings fell behind. You you think that's pure coincidence? You think the only reason people buy PlayStation is for Call of Duty? And you want to cite the the stats, right? Oh, well, look how many people buy PlayStations that buy Call of Duty, right? It's like 48% of the people who buy Call of Duty are on PlayStation. Well, think about this for a second. Call of Duty is such a massive Leviathan title... It's like a Venn diagram where this giant circle in the middle is everybody who buys Call of Duty. And then there are people who got a PS5 because they wanted Spider-Man, but they also love Call of Duty. Then there are people who really like Horizon, who really like God of War, who really like Ratchet and Returnal. Like, that's why they bought into PS5. And all those circles of people who bought a PlayStation 5 for an exclusive, they overlap with the giant circle that is Call of Duty. They also buy Call of Duty and also play Call of Duty. You can't use a monolithic Leviathan-sized game to be like, yeah, that's why people buy PlayStation 5s. It's like, no, no, no that's it, there's no causative relationship there. You can measure the causative relationship because Spider-Man 2 has like a 20% attach rate. And every single time PS5s did a restock, the first party games from PlayStation would have a surge of sales of like 200%. Why? Because that's why people were buying PlayStation 5s. This notion that first party games and exclusives don't drive console sales, it is absolutely unfounded. There are no stats that back it up. You can cling to one stat and say, well, 48% buy Call of Duty. Okay, but you're ignoring every other stat. You're ignoring the fact that Spider-Man 2 held its own last year in the top five total game sales. A single platform. It's not even a cross-generational game like Horizon Forbidden West was. Because Horizon Forbidden West did very well, but it's cross-generational, so you gotta consider that. Spider-Man 2, you could only get on the PS5, and it was in the top running with massive titles. But exclusives aren't why people buy a PS5. And because Xbox is doing this, exclusives are going away. We've said this many times, man. The market's not going to chase third place. It's not going to chase what they're doing. Now, people are going to use new reports coming out that, like, PlayStation's considering putting more stuff on PC. That's not new. They've said this for years. They forecasted that a while ago. So did Capcom. They looked at the growth of the PC market and they said, we should start putting property over there. And I said, they'll probably be doing day and date by the time Spider-Man 3 gets here. Because by that time, you've established your library and you're not going to feel like this pull. Oh, you know, God of War 7 is landing on PS6 and PC day and date. Maybe I should get a PC. No, you have an established digital library already. You're you're in. You're in the PlayStation ecosystem. You're not going to leave. You're not going to go to PC. You're not going to care. Especially if you get great performance. Who cares at that point? Exclusive sell consoles and Xbox hasn't had an exclusive for years and years, says Ginger. That's exactly why this is on topic. It's like... Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, Sea of Thieves, 
any other Xbox title that goes over, this doesn't mean you're going to see the erosion of exclusives or the erosion of first-party property being a driver for the platform. Just wait until the Switch 2 shows up. Just wait until PlayStation 5 Pro shows up. The thumbnail's crazy. I usually don't do thumbnails like that, but when I looked at the Hi-Fi Rush picture and I knew that picture of Phil where his head's kind of tilted to the side and he doesn't look very happy, I was like, I I think I'm going to have fun with the thumbnail today. Um, A two-spot from Perfect Image. For me, it's how you can handle the controller. Xbox, thumbs down. I'm not sure what you're saying. Jake says they've had exclusive, but they haven't been that good. Their best exclusives to date are Forza Horizon and Hi-Fi Rush. That's what Doc was saying. People migrated under PS4 and their libraries and friends are there. It skyrocketed under PS5. Right, but again, I don't think you can demonstrate that people don't buy a console for exclusives when you look at the exclusive sales within the PS5 era. If you go from 2020 to 2023, before the Modern Warfare 3 bundle, you can't cite the Modern Warfare 3 bundle. It's only been out for a couple of months. They got to 50 million PlayStation 5s without a Call of Duty bundle. They did it with their property, with their own bundles, with their own first-party offerings. Are we going to actually pretend that, like, Returnal and Ratchet and Horizon Forbidden West and Gran Turismo 7 and God of War Ragnarok, that 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 wasn't a factor in PlayStation 5's market saturation? Look at the sales of those titles. Come on. What are we even saying here? It doesn't make any sense. It's like, that was why I said this last year, and I got a lot of flack for it. I said, I would have much rather Xbox take that $70 billion, invest it in their first-party studios, and just, they should have come out swinging this generation. Nothing but the Series X. Nothing but the power narrative. Nothing but big, huge, banger titles. They should have had, like, multiple studios helping 343 make Halo Infinite incredible. That's what they should have been investing in. And I got a bunch of flack for saying that. It's like, well, what, you're, are you happy with what happened with 343 and Halo Infinite? Like, why would you be happy about that? I would be furious if Horizon Forbidden West came out and it was terrible and glitchy and buggy and features were missing. And I was like, oh yeah, half the studio was on a contract and we couldn't keep cohesive vision as a studio because you know we half the studio was walking out the door every 18 months. I would have been furious. I'm like, what are you doing, Sony? Why would you take one of your big pieces of property and treat it like that? The fact that people are okay with how Halo has been treated is precisely the problem. It's precisely the problem. Yeah, yeah, a pony is going to say, I think Xbox should have heavily invested in their property and their studios and made a better Halo. Why would a pony say that? Ponies celebrate the fact that Halo didn't do well. They celebrate the fact that 343 is where it is and the Halo brand is where it is. I don't celebrate that. I'm like, what the frick? Why would you do this to your property? Why would you have that studio in that situation? You should have been treating Halo like a Fabergé egg, just with reverence. Like, you got to keep this thing intact. This is central to the brand. Ratchet was butt because they did the whole hey, let's add a female character thing. That's an extremely thoughtful analysis of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart's quality 
And uh, where, where's your review and video on that? I want to see your breakdown of the game. And uh, I, I want to know, like, your tech breakdown, performance breakdown, gameplay breakdown, story breakdown. Like, what, where uh, where can we find your video? I'm sure it's really thoughtful. I, I, I guarantee you it's, uh, you know, it's a respected viewpoint on the game. You sound like somebody's well-informed. Lono is so on point on that. Xbox fans have no standard. The problem is most uh, most consumers do have standards, and those Xbox games just aren't up to standard. Yeah, people that haven't grown out of like little rascals, no girls allowed. It's like good golly. Is that still on your bedroom door? Like, do you still have a piece of paper that says that? Might be affecting your dating life. Still comes back to the U.S. market of gamers is small. The number of gamers in the U.S. 20, uh, 212 million. Number of gamers in Asia is 1.48 billion. Xbox is not bought in Asia. Well, here's the thing, Deuter One Kenobi. Phil Spencer said they had really good growth of Game Pass on PC in uh, the Asian market. And he sees the Asian market as being pivotal to their future and their success. WJC with a five spot said, could it be... Xbox will focus more on bringing titles to Nintendo uh, than Sony, given it's uh, the bigger platform. Uh, Could Cloud provide a lot of titles for them? Well? You put that up to keep your wife at bay, Ginger? (laughs) No girls allowed. Um, Here's the thing, uh, WGC. My gut says they're going to focus on the Switch, too. And at one level, yes, and another level, no. I think there are certain titles that are more conducive to the Switch audience. I think there are titles that are more conducive to the PlayStation audience, as an example. You just want to play as Ratchet, you don't hate women? He's not even a man. He's a mythical character. Right? Like... He, he's a wombat. Is that real important for you? You're like... But that's what he looks like. I mean, I'm not trying to put you on blast. Do you look like this? <laughs> he's not, not even a dude. You know? <laughs> that's like... It's like playing. It's like playing a, a <laughs> you know, a game where you play is like a, you know, like a dragon. And you're like, I can't believe in the sequel to Dragon Master Two, you know, that I gotta play as a female dragon sometimes. It's a freaking dragon. It's not. You're not playing as a guy. Or, or not a not a wombat. He's a lombax. I'm so lomac. Whatever the frick he is. He's a he's a wombat. <laughs> he's a, what is Ratchet? I don't even know what he is. As I just such it's just a weird position, bro. It's just a weird position. You basically said the game is bad because you have to play as a, as a female lombax. <laughs> uh. 
<clears throat> Lono calling Ratchet a Wombat's crazy. Sorry. I told you I was late to PlayStation, y'all. Y'all call me a pony. Like, that's the first Ratchet game I ever played, right? You, you should really be checking my gamer card more often when you call me a pony. Freaking Ratchet is a Wombat. The worst pony ever. <laughs> I really like Nathan Drake, you know, in Metal Gear Solid. I think he's a great character. <laughs> Thank you, Trill, for 20 months, by the way. Doc was trying to have an argument, and you never let facts get in the way of a good argument. That's right. <laughs> it's a freaking wombat, bro. Lono's confusing gender with species. Right. I'll never understand the mentality of I don't want to play a video game as a woman. I don't get it. I get it in an RPG where you make the character and you view that character as like you're putting yourself in the world. Totally get that. Role-playing game, right? Some dudes probably like role-playing as a woman and they don't want to admit it right because they're scared anyways I get it but when a video game comes out and says you can play as Nathan Drake and if they come out with a new game and they're like you can play as Cassie Drake and they're like no dude I don't want to play as a chick it's like I don't get I, I cannot enter that mindset because it's a game about that character like if you play a game as like a dragon named Steve and then in the next game they're like well you're going to play as Steve but sometimes you're going to play as Darla Darla the dragon I just I'm like I'm I'm playing through the story and I'm getting to play as those characters like I just don't care and I don't I I have a really hard time connecting with that I try to develop like a an empathetic pathway to like why would someone care about this I get it in an RPG where you're putting yourself in the world and I could hear somebody say well it's easier for me to get immersed in a story where I'm like oh this is how I would respond as a dude in this scenario okay I get that but it's also really fun and fresh to play a game from a completely different perspective right I'm not a samurai in feudal Japan. I don't really know what that would be like to be Jin Sakai in Tsushima. (laughs) Well, this is what I would do. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Anyway, anyway, that's a tangent. I forget what we were even talking about. (laughs) What were we even talking about? Before I called, (laughs) before I called Ratchet a Wombat. That's definitely getting clipped. And I'll take it. That's probably better than other things that get clipped, you know? Look at this guy saying he's going to make his wife play Helldivers. (laughs) That was a fun rabbit hole. Sorry. I mean, that was a fun male rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's good that's good oh man I tell you what those of you that are watching over on Reforge Rundown you're going to want to come over to Reforge Gaming and consider doing a membership because we're going to switch to a gaming uh, a gaming ask me anything okay so it's a good reason 
to be a member on the main channel. We're going to try this mobile streaming thing, you know, over here on Rundown to see if people start maybe wanting to watch over here or maybe we start meeting new people. So if your brand's new, hopefully you enjoyed your time. Hit subscribe, hit like, and head over to Reforge Gaming so you can watch us do a members only Ask Me Anything. And we're going to keep it out gaming, obviously. So we are uh we're gonna switch to that now guys so this is a great reason to gift members this is a great reason to be a member okay uh it's a great reason to be a member and oh yeah we can also probably go in here and redirect yeah let's just save it and we'll redirect everybody over uh who might have been watching over there and we'll bring them on over and uh there we go and i can close all this now so i'm gonna switch chat to members only and uh this is a great opportunity to uh, become a member, cash in on membership, and uh, let's see here. And you guys can ask me kind of anything about gaming. So we allow you to go a little off topic now. Uh, you can go a little off topic. You're controlling a character's movement, so it's not role playing in a sense of game type. You're playing a role. That's where I come from. Right. I here. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think people really, really miss out on great gaming experiences because they're like, I want to play as a dude. Some of the greatest games I've played, I'm playing as a woman. Returnal, Hellblade, Super Metroid, right? Tomb Raider, when they rebooted Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider 1 and 2. I love those games. I did not like the third one. So Tomb Raider 1 and 2, Hellblade, and Returnal are fantastic. Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West. These are games, these are some of my favorite games. They're so good. Yo, the green monster is going to gift five members and pull you guys into the members-only gaming Ask Me Anything. You guys can go a little off topic if you want. Dark Taco with 17 months in a VIP says, Q&A is back. Tomb Raider was one of the first uh, video games I've ever played as a woman. Tomb Raider was awesome. Oh, yeah, I loved it. What, are you going to not play Stellar Blade? Because you got to play as a woman? You know? Devil's Advocate. Will we push back on someone that said, I only want to play as humans, or I don't want to kill humans in games? I mean, I don't know. I, I think having standards about... You know, if you're that, that probably gets into like more of like a moral ethical category of like, I don't want to play a game. Um, you might want to just try again with that short creature. I tried changing the name of it. I think your name was what tripped it up. I think you want to go with Xbox games coming to PlayStation, not Xbox first party. That's at least what my, um, research has shown. What about Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part 1 or God of War? What do you mean? Why are you asking me about those games? I didn't say that I only enjoyed the games that I just mentioned. I said that people miss out on really good games because they want to play as a dude. Right? Killed it? I... Tried several different things. It was dead. I think you just need to try it again with a different name. I think just re-upload. I think the platform did it. I don't think it's the video. That thing should be red hot.
Yeah, I wasn't saying that, like, I prefer. I'm saying I think people miss out some of some of the best games I've played. Some of my favorite experiences I'm playing as a woman. Like, I just don't get why people care. To me, you're fixating on something that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, again, like, I'm not a Japanese man who was raised as a samurai in feudal Japan. Like I'm, I, that's not what that's, I don't, I don't even have any inroads to know what that's like. None. I've grown up as a white man in America in the 20th and 21st century. Like, so it's like when I play a game like that, it's just, I get to experience that. And when I play a game like Returnal, I get to experience that. Like, I just don't, I don't fixate on those things. So I would never tell somebody what they should or shouldn't play, but I would also say, man, I feel like you're really missing out. I I feel like you're really missing out here. These are fantastic games. Like, why would you, you know, why would you balk at that? Liar, you are my samurai. And, there, and then, I mean, the, the reason we're talking about this is somebody said that, like, basically, like, Ratchet and Clank was bad because they added a girl character. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. And the way that they did it was so creative and so cool. They, they, did, the, they did the multiverse thing. Like, I thought that was really creative. Did you get really angry when you watched Into the Spider-Verse? And they were like, yeah, there's a multiverse, and Spider-Man in this universe is when? Like, is that upsetting? Yeah, girl Wombat. Big Evil with 14 months says, I'm not playing GTA because you have to play as a woman. (laughs) We jumped on that bait like a school of piranha. It's fun. Gotta hop on a work call. All right, Ginger. By the way, Big Evil, yeah, it's 14 months and a gold badge. I'm not sure if you're... If you got a gifted, that's totally fine. Sometimes people are, are very long tail gifted, which is just a sign of generosity in the community. Big Evil, if you're paying for your own membership, you are going to want to bump up and get out of the gifted member pool because now the standard membership is 6 bucks. It's only a dollar more, but it helps us have different content offerings. Protest for themes on the PS5. I actually really would like themes on the PS5. You don't need to. You don't need to go in all caps though. I actually think that'd be really fun to have that. Yeah, I, I would. I would appreciate being able to kind of change that. Guys, we've had a huge turnout today. Make sure you're smashing like. We only need 60 more likes to get to 400. Let's set our sights on that. And let me tell you where we are uh, on the member count because we've had a pretty good day today. 33 plus mine is uh, that's a pretty good start. That probably has us close to, unless we've lost some, we might be close to 3,900 because that mm, 30, yeah, 38, that's close to 40 on top of what we had this morning. Yeah, 2860. Yep, we are 40 away from uh, 2,900. And if we can get to 3,000, man, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold to it. I'm going to hold to it. If we don't hit the milestone, I'm going to come back from that event on Friday and I'm going to chill. But we will come back from Friday night's event that we're going to be at and we will do a stream, a later stream for you guys and do some do some Helldivers. We did, we did finally roll credits on uh, Kill the Justice League last night. Two new planets are now unlocked in Helldivers 2. Oh, sick. Oh, that game is so fun. That game is so fun. You see your homie Doc got a shout out from SkillUp this morning. Uh, in what way? Like in a video about what's been going on with Xbox. I, I saw SkillUp had a video about like, is uh, the future of Xbox being exclusive list or something like this? A non-exclusive future for Xbox? I forget what Ralph put in the title. Um, you have to change the whole back end to do the PS5 built on changing theme per game. Oh, you're right. We probably never will get a theme. You're right. Yeah. Well, no, you could just make a transcendent theme, and then when you scroll across the games, it just doesn't change the theme. It just changes the overlay, right? Play this game, the title would change, and then the imagery and the trophies and stuff would be down below. I'm not a programmer, but I don't feel like that would be that hard to be like, no, it doesn't need to change the theme every time they highlight a game. Just have a theme that is that is the parent theme that never changes. The Xbox talk show is tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, and we will be co-streaming it. We will be. Guys, YouTube's been acting up a, a, a bit today. Take a minute and double check that it saved your like, because we didn't move, and so that's odd to have almost 700 people here. We should we should have gotten more. Double check and make sure that it it has saved your like. It's been doing that again chat's been freezing people have been having to refresh i am sorry that's going on they've been making some changes to the ui and it calmed down for a little bit and we're right back to where i don't feel like stuff's acting properly so just take a quick second and check that i also want to strangle my pals most of the time for glitching out and getting stuck on stuff when uh when it respawns an unfortunate amount of money sunk into ps4 themes I never did anything with those. I got one with my PS4 Pro Spider-Man edition. I just left that one on all the time. The first time I turned on the PS4 Pro a couple of months ago because I was giving it to friends of mine and I wanted to get it all updated and ready to go for them. And uh, that 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 theme popped up and I was like I was like this is this is awesome. I'm like I remember this. Like, this is kind of cool. I kind of missed it. I kind of missed it. I was like, I kind of liked this. I kind of like when we had these themes, you know? A new Far Cry game is an interesting topic I saw somewhere. Hmm. I don't know. Trill Trill says, what's one of your most favorite sequences in a video game that comes to mind? Uh, Senua's flashback when she meets Dillian is probably the single greatest moment in a game that I've experienced. Then... Quolock's theme music in Ori and the Will of the Wisps when you first meet him and he comes up out of the water it's this it's this soaring really rumbling it's amazing because you've heard that melody once you get to the section of the game where there are frogs everywhere you hear that melody all throughout and then when you finally meet him the melody comes in so fast full and so just soaring it is absolutely brilliant and then that same quolox theme i believe it's called quolox malaise is another version of the song that shows up later when you have to fight him because he's infected it is 
wonderful. And then when you beat him and you go up and you go up to him as he's dying and that melody comes back one last time faintly on a piano, utter brilliance. Utter brilliance. Just artistic genius. I absolutely love it. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. The utilization of music and tone and atmosphere is fabulous in that game. It's one of my favorite games of all time, and now you're, you're hearing a little bit why. Love it. The sequence where Senua meets Dillion for the very first time is... Yeah, I get chills thinking about it. It's magnificent. The transition from the darkness that she's in to the brightness that that day brought to her, and there's flowers, and there's trees, and there's sun, and then they take it all away a second later. All of a sudden, you're right back to ground zero with her and it's all dark and terrible it's 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 that not enough people talk about the direction that went into making hellblade such a magnificent piece of art it just isn't talked about enough I, why isn't anybody done like a whole series breakdown of that game in particular um maybe somebody has i don't know but yeah those those would be the ones that i would say are the most memorable there are moments like the giraffes and the last of us and stuff sure 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 but no or in the will of the wisp polox i believe it's called like elite motif or something there's a musical term for when a melody keeps showing up like when you hear the two sons melody from star wars right that soaring horn that john williams so expertly has used when that melody shows up in star wars at some point you immediately feel something. You're like, what the heck? There's a musical term for that, like where a melodic theme keeps showing up. And the way that they do that in Ori and the Will of the Wisps, I I think is quite brilliant. I was waiting for you to say the organ playing leading up to the boss in Returnal. Yes, one of my other absolute favorite moments is when, it's not just the music, it was when Celine said, don't, fear the reaper it was how she said it it was the moment of realization what i had been hearing the whole time right that earworm that you get from that boom 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 you're like what is this why do i know this they the genius the genius to plant that in your brain and to make you feel this eerie sense of familiarity and then they say that and you realize what's been going on and it all ties together and then as they layer the music as you're approaching the boss as you're going up layers keep getting added to the music because you're getting closer and closer to the apex of seeing whatever this thing is and then it's playing in the fight that that is one of the greatest moments in gaming that I've ever experienced. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Those are the top three moments. And then when Jin Sakai has to face his uncle. God, the camera. The camera. And the leaves. And the just the setting. The... The be- the beauty of what of the the beauty of the setting and the tragedy of what has to take place. I just go to Tsushima where you have to face. It's just and people and people like this guy. This guy's a he's a pony. It's like I just love freak. I just freaking love video games, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> like Ghost of Tsushima Returnal 
And then I got Hellblade and Ori. Those are like my top four top four moments of of gaming. Like gaming is like that's why I tell people I'm like Hellblade is important to me at like a psychological level. Like so is Ori. So is so is Ghost of Tsushima. So is Returnal. The stories they tell, the emotions that they evoke are um it, it's cerebral it's like there's something deep to it there's just something else going on it's not those aren't to me those aren't video games like they're not they're they're almost like living stories that need i believe should be experienced i believe gamers should just you you have to play these games and experience them and it's a shame that people have you know, mental barriers and preferences because some games are just, you're just not going to do it for you. You're going to throw on headphones and you're going to play, you know, and you know, 45 minutes of Hellblade and you're going to say, you know, I don't want to play this, right? That's going to happen, but yeah. Yeah, those would be the top, those would be the top moments for me in gaming. Just wonderful. Sekiro, there it is. There's the, there's the top five. Yeah. A five-hour fight with Isshin, where I went through every human emotion, every human emotion: anger, sadness, anxiety, fear. Like I can't do this. I've come all this way, and I'm not going to be able to do this. Like just irritation with how frustrating the fight was, and how I shouldn't have played this game. I thought that's a transformative moment. In my gaming history, beating Ishin after five hours. And there's so much going on with me as a person at that moment. The idea that I will not be defeated. I will not stop. I will not give up. I won't quit. You will not win. Like, that's all going on. It's not just a video game for me at that point. It's not. There's so much more going on in that moment. It's like, you can see it. Like, I'm not just like, yep, finally beat that. Whew, sigh of relief. It's it's transformative. It goes from a game where I felt regret playing it. Like, I wish I wouldn't even have played this game. We should have played something else. To, this is one of the greatest video games I've ever played. Like, you you don't have, you don't have that experience every day, bro. You don't. I don't care how many games you've played. That's a rarity. That's a rarity. And f- and for it to line up so so uniquely well with like where I was psychologically and spiritually, like my journey as a person, as a as an ensouled being, it was like this game is speaking to me right now. This game's trying to beat me down, and I'm I I, I I'm very very happy that I stayed at it because that was a long time, five hours, man. That was. That was tough. At any moment, I could have just broke and been like, we'll do this another day. You know? It was an experience for you and us. Name change, channel rebrand. Yeah. Because I said at one point, I was like, you can't kill what's been reborn. You can't. You're hitting steel. You're just making it stronger. Metal Gear Sons Liberty when the TV at the end turns off and instead of green letters it just says video it says Hideo scared the crap out of me oh yeah I've, I'm unfortunately I missed out on a lot of those games because I was late to PlayStation yeah 
Never fought Demon of Hatred. It's on the backlog, Eugene. I want to do... I want. I would... Oh my gosh, I would love to do an exhaustive replay of Sekiro. Yeah, you. that's on the channel, ganks. You can watch me beat Ishin on the channel. My entire Sekiro playthrough, I believe, is on this channel. There's wonderful clips of me telling Omar to shut up. Um, there's, you know... Yeah, that's it. Leet Motif. If I'm saying that right, Liet Motif, or however you're supposed to say that, Liet Motif, Liet Motif, however you pronounce it, that's that recurring melodic thing that they do with music in, like, movies and TV shows. So, um, alright, guys, give me 10 more likes on the video, let's hit 400 likes, let me schedule, we are gonna be checking out, uh, we are gonna be checking out Tomb Raider, uh, Tomb Raider, the remastered one through three. I think we're just going to start with the first one. I've played these. Uh, I played these growing up. My dad played them as well. That we were we were really big fans. Um, so let me get this set up because that came out uh, today, and we definitely want to check this one out. Just even for an hour to kind of sample it, see what the graphics look like, see what the controls feel like, you know. See what Laura Croft looks like, you know. What are they what are they doing to our girl Laura? Uh let's see. Tomb Raider Remastered. There we go. Okay. Check this one out. No, we don't need that. We won't be. Okay. Yeah, I want to check something, too. Let's just set this for, like, five minutes from now. I couldn't set when I scheduled that stream over on the other channel, Creature. I couldn't set it up for no noties. I didn't understand that. I thought that was a possibility with a scheduled stream. Now, maybe because I scheduled it unlisted first or private first... So right now I have a scheduled gameplay stream for Tomb Raider. Am I able to go in here and say, don't publish this to Noties? No, I don't have that as an option. I don't get that. I do not get that. I went live over there and I had it set to unlisted and then I rolled it over to public. Um... Because I didn't want to hit that channel's, you know, noty sub box, and I don't even know if that works. I don't know. Go live unlisted and then switch. We don't want to hit rundown with like a hey, we're going live noty. A lot of you guys have overlap. Unless you guys just learn to ignore it. Helldivers 2, quote, we are constantly going to add more stuff to the game. Enemies, objectives, biomes uh, are always going to be free and expand the experience. Yeah, pay to win. You pay to win live service game. Uh, why is partner showcase trending? Did Nintendo make their announcement? Yeah, there's a potential partner showcase that people are talking about. They've done them in the past. People are wondering if the timing of this alleged partner showcase will include Hi-Fi Rush. 
the rumor is it's arriving soon, but that's all we got. It went. So the noties still went, even though I switched from... Okay. Yeah, I will just, I don't know what we'll have to say. You know, do we just tell people that's the way? That's going to be a pretty big blip, guys. We just switched ingest servers, so people might have to refresh. It'll probably mess up your audio. Yeah, we were streaming over on Rundown today in a vertical format. Um, in a vertical format because it can hit um, it can hit the short shelf and get mobile viewers which were that's a very very different audience they went okay so it says yeah is live okay okay we'll have to think through that creature let's think through that Laura's home game control yeah controls uh invert vertical sound extras Eula and credits new game unfinished business select mode new game I'm assuming this will be Tomb Raider 1. What? So the camera... Oh my gosh. These controls are going to frustrate the frick out of people. There's got to be a way to change that. It's terrible. Um, it's it's awful. The controls are terrible. Tank controls, modern controls. There we go. There we go. Oh my gosh. I'm surprised they don't have modern controls set. Initially, they have you on tank controls, which means you you hit forward backwards. That's that's always your orientation. It doesn't reorient. Yeah, you can change controls. I don't know why they don't have that set to modern controls out of the gate. So many people are going to be like, "What the heck is wrong with Laura? What the heck is wrong with wrong with Laura? She's not doing what I need her to do." <laughs> oh man, I immediately was like, "What the frick is going on?" Yeah, you just switch it to modern. I'll, I'll when we when we switch over to gameplay, I'll make sure and mention that in like the first thirty seconds. Like you're gonna want to switch off of tank controls because it's not gonna make any sense to your brain. Like I immediately was like, "Her like." <laughs> All right. Okay, we have the redirect set up. I'm gonna take a quick, quick one minute break, guys. Don't go anywhere. Smash like. We can keep gifting members and try to hit fifty. We're super close to twenty nine hundred. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We're going to play some Laura Croft, or some Tomb Raider 1 through 3 remastered. We'll play for maybe an hour or so and then we'll go to the re uh, we'll go to the writers room. Thank you guys uh, so much for the support today. Don't go anywhere. Uh, support and gameplay on the channel really helps us diversify. I'll be right back.
All right. All right, let's send a tweet. Okay. Okay. One second, chat. Bear with me. I'm I'm almost done. What's Mash's member goal idea? We need a steam stream goal where he plays on the correct, not inverted axis for a game. Oh, I hate that. That messes me up. That messes me up for like days. Oh my gosh. Oh, ooh. That's got to be a pretty high goal. I'm not kidding around. That messes my brain up. Because I eventually adjust to non-inverted. And when I go back into inverted, I'm like, I'm messed up for at least a solid day. It's freaking terrible. Uh, let's get that daily goal up so you guys can see it. Let's see if we can... There we go. We'll switch the color around so you guys can see it. Well, no, that's not actually helping. Let's select... Uh... Yeah, there we go. Can, you, can we outline it? What the heck? Uh, like that? Okay. That makes it a little bit easier to see. Okay. All right, I'm going to give you guys a link in chat. That's where we're headed. I appreciate it when you guys support gameplay on the channel. Like I said, it helps us diversify and do a little bit more than just the talk shows. So we greatly appreciate those uh, who help out. Other way. Oh, gosh, you're probably right. Uh, whoops. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right, there's a link in chat. 
Let me stop the music. Thanks so much for checking out this video. Doing some Tomb Raider 1 through 3 remastered gameplay. Really excited to play Tomb Raider remastered gameplay, but I'm going to very quickly show you something you're going to want to do immediately if you're like me. You're going to want to pause the game. You're going to want to scroll down, go to options. I'm sorry, it's not options. It is controls. You will switch off of tank controls to modern controls. If you do not do this, you're going to have a really, really hard time moving Laura around. Okay? So, if you like this kind of content, we did a talk show this morning about Xbox. We'll be co-streaming all the Xbox stuff tomorrow. Make sure and hit subscribe and the bell button. I'm going to end the previous stream about that and bring people over with redirect. And make sure, as you guys come over, 